0: Welcome to Emruns Podcast, episode number 26. This is your host, Suman Silwal.
1: My tagline has always been never limit where running can take
0: you. Visit emruns.com to listen to our previous podcast shows, links to our social media channels, and more. I'd like to welcome Bart Yasu to Emran's Podcast. Martin, how are you doing today? I'm
1: doing well, Suman. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. How's your running going?
1: You know, it's doing all right. I'm getting out there a couple of days a week, and that's really all I run. Actually, I'm up to running like three days a week, which is a lot for me, because for a long time, I was only able to do two days a week because of my Lyme disease stuff. But lately, I've been getting out there three days a week, having a lot of fun with it. So it's been uh, It's been awesome. Hopefully, I can ratchet up a little bit and get to four days a week if my body allows it, and that would that would really make me happy.
0: Talk about running! You've been running for a long time. Can you tell us about your running journey? how you started and what Yeah, you
1: yeah yeah 40 years ago i i wish i wish we had selfies 40 years ago but we didn't have selfies 40 years ago as you know but if you would have you would have seen me on that first run and cut off jeans and a budweiser t-shirt and a beat up pair of kids and i just tried to go out and run one mile without stopping and i was able to make one mile it just about killed me but that started the journey and you know when I came back from that one-mile run 40 years ago, if somebody would have told me that, uh, you know, I'd end up running all over the world, including Nepal, which is your your home country. And, you know, I'd get a job at Runner's World magazine and eventually become the chief running officer, eventually get inducted into the Running USA Hall of Champions. I mean, all the stuff that happened to me, I, I didn't think... One of those things would happen to me, let alone all of the things that have happened to me. uh, you know, I literally have run all over the world, and it's been a blessing and uh you know it's been a crazy journey and a fun journey, and I feel very fortunate to have taken that turn to to uh just go out and run and just feel free and, and then literally turn it into a job. And, and as I said, I literally have run all over the world experiencing so many different cultures, meeting so many people and just touring this world of ours, you know, really getting to see uh, all the different cultures. It's really been
0: fun. So it looks like a running has changed your life.
1: I actually assume running saved my life in many ways because I I took a wrong turn on drugs and alcohol and thought that was the way to go. And that obviously wasn't the way to go. But so I, I use running not to replace the drugs and alcohol. I use running more. It just got me focused and it just got me thinking of what I really wanted to accomplish in life. And one of the things I wanted to accomplish was to be good at a sport. And running, you know, seemed to fit that role for me. And then also, you know, I wanted to travel the world, and I never thought running would be that vehicle that would take me to Nepal and Antarctica and the Arctic Circle and, you know, I can go on and on and on the places I was able to do races and and run and, uh, you know, I just, it just didn't seem possible to me. But I used to think about it when I did those long runs, you know, I really got into marathon running. You know, it'd be cool to get a job where I could, uh, someone would pay me to actually travel around the world. And my dream came true, Uh,
0: hard to believe, but it really happened. So during this time, as you're trying to go from non-runner to runner, what were your (laughs)
1: struggles yeah you know i didn't have to lose any weight i was already the proper weight and uh so i didn't have a lot of struggles it's just a matter of building the endurance so i slowly built up that uh you know i wanted to do that marathon that challenge of 26.2 uh so it's just a matter of you know building up slowly so i didn't get injured and learning more about this sport learning from people i met and uh other marathon runners, which there weren't many around back forty years ago. And certainly not as many as there are today. Uh but yeah, I just became a student of the sport and really studied it the best I could and uh and then just like I say, just I embraced it and really uh really accepted the journey that it took me on. I did didn't turn down any, you know, any offers that I got to go travel, no matter how arduous the race or the location. I took them all on and, uh, you know, it's it's really been fun, including, you know, I did that Badwater race back in uh, 1989, which was 146 miles in Death Valley in July and stuff like that. So I've been, uh, been pretty lucky. 100 miles in the Himalaya. Sure, you're very familiar with. But we we're on the India side, uh, in the area of Darjeeling, India. Uh, it's a beautiful section of the Himalaya. And uh, as you know, running 100 miles in the Himalaya is not an easy task, but it's a beautiful place to run.
0: Yeah, trekking itself is a really hard. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, those trails are very runnable, and there are a lot of trails in the Himalaya. But it's it's rare to see you know real trail runners. But as you know, it's very common to see trekkers.
0: Yeah, I saw last time when I when I was trekking Everest region. There's a couple of guy coming down the mountain running. I was like. Man, that's that's some dangerous <laughs> stuff they're doing.
1: Yeah, that's hardcore. Yeah, I did run from Everest Base Camp down to Namshi Bazaar, but I also ran up from Namchi Bazaar up to base camp. It is uh as you know, it's you know what people have never been to a remote area like Nepal don't understand is there are no roads. I mean everything is all commerce has moved on that track so as you're running along you know the uh, big ox <laughs> that are full of all the goods that people are trading and they're moving from Tibet into Nepal and from Nepal over into Tibet it's amazing a big yak and oxen that are carrying the loads and of course all the Sherpas carrying large loads uh, but there aren't as you know there are no roads it is literally once you get above Lukla everybody walks everywhere
0: you know even getting to Lukla, you gotta fly in but
1: yeah yeah i actually walked in from jiri uh we took the bus to jiri and then walked into lukla and but i also did fly in the lukla and out of lukla once or twice which is a scariest airport in the world in my opinion
0: yeah that's uh, the discovery channel I put it the one of the dangerous airport in the world <laughs> yes it was after my visit to nepal <laughs> yeah it's a crazy
1: place to fly out of uh but it's uh you know, love it because it saves you a lot of time to, to walk in from Jiri. Uh, takes a couple days to get up to Lukla. So you do save some time. You can get up to the Everest region a lot faster by flying into Lukla. Or even take a helicopter ride further up, uh, which a lot of people do, and, and go into Namchi or even higher than Namshi.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of helicopters this day. So.
1: Yeah, a little bit different than the old days.
0: Talk about uh, running. So now you you are a lifelong student. Have you mastered the sports now?
1: You know, I don't know if you ever master the sport of running. Things change all the time. You learn so much. Your body changes, you know, as you age and the amount of years you've been running. Uh, so, I, yeah, I always have that mindset that there's always things to learn. And I really, uh, I'm a listener. I really take a lot of feedback from people and listen to their journey. And so I, I think I'm always learning about this sport. You know, the beauty of running, Suman, is it's you against the clock, you know, obviously we know some really fast runners and they go on the win Chicago Marathon and Berlin marathon and New York City marathon. Uh but as you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the people are just happy to get to that finish line. And it's a personal challenge. So so it really comes down to you racing against that clock. And the beauty of running, there are no shortcuts. You gotta do the hard work and there's a payoff when you cross that finish line. Uh and that's that's what I love about running when i started doing it 40 years ago that there are no shortcuts there are no you you aren't judged by anybody but yourself you have to do the hard work and you get you get the payoff on race day if you're so accept the challenge and go out there and push yourself to limits you didn't think you could could run that fast and uh, or run that far you know taking on some of these longer races but uh it's it's a beautiful thing about our sport
0: Running is different for everybody, and we, we runners come in different sizes and shapes, and
1: um, that is true. And age, <laughs> you know,
0: actually, <laughs> yeah, definitely, I, you know,
1: I, there's still runners I meet out there, you know, running well into their 80s, and and running strong, and they look awesome. They have no atrophy in their muscles. Their posture is really good and they're really strong. And they, they say they owe it all to running. And it, some of these people in their 80s and 90s run fast. I mean, it's mind-boggling. Uh, so it's something you know, we can all strive to be doing this, whether it's 20 years from now for some of us or 50 years from now for, for some of us. Uh, but it's it's a sport you can do for life. And that's uh, that's a lovely thing because you can't say that about a lot of sports.
0: Definitely. I started late uh, in my life running, so it's I'm celebrating my 10 years anniversary this season. So it's been a wonderful journey so so far. Yeah, awesome.
1: that's awesome, Suma. I Here. I think there's a lot of fast runners in Nepal. Uh, a lot of like runner or a lot of uh, Nepalese that come out of the uh, Sherpa region up at Everest, but they just don't know they're they're fast runners because they live at such a high elevation. But if they ever got down the low elevation and, and trained like a marathoner, I think there would be some fast Nepalese runners out
0: there. Yeah, I'm not one of them, but but I, I'm a city am <laughs> city dweller, so so I did, <laughs> never lived in a uh, upper uh, Himalayas region. But there is a lady out there. See, uh, she has excelled in ultra marathon distance races. So,
1: yeah, amazing.
0: As a runner, what is your greatest achievement so far?
1: Yeah, you know, Suman, my greatest achievement, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to win some races and it's fun to win races. And, uh, you you know, I, I was never like at the elite level. I was always what you'd be called what I, you know, a good age group runner back in my day when I could run and and able to train. But, you know, I got to be honest, the greatest achievement is just being part of this running community and meeting the people that I meet on a weekly basis at events and find so many amazing stories. I love going out on the road, at these events and finding these great stories and then bringing them back into the office at Runner's World and then they end up on the pages of Runner's World or on our website or on our social media, wherever the story goes. But by far, that's uh, that's the most fun accomplishment is just engaging in this running community and, uh, and bringing other people's stories to life. And uh, it's pretty rewarding because there are some amazing people out there that overcome so many obstacles just to get to the starting line, let alone go out and finish the marathon or half marathon or whatever race they're doing. And to me, you know, looking back on my career, that uh, by far is the thing that stands out the most
0: training itself is a difficult and lining up those for those marathons is is a not easy task i tell people yeah. that and um, we all get a finisher medal but that finisher medal is not just for 26.2 journey it's really the time we we start training till that finish yeah. crossing the finishing line
1: yeah as you know it's it's uh <laughs> it is a long journey it just doesn't you're not born a marathon runner you have to train and build up the endurance and then Take on the challenge that you want to do this and go out and challenge yourself because uh, it's a heck of a lot easier to sit back in a chair and watch TV and eat Doritos, but it's a lot more fun to go out and challenge yourself in a marathon. And I'll tell you, the, the running community inspires a lot of people to make that change to uh, to Suppress obesity in this country, and to really get people motivated and start leading a healthy lifestyle.
0: So, talking about your lifelong long running journey, to looking back, is there anything you'd like to change as a runner? Yeah,
1: for sure. If I could change anything, I, I wish I had the knowledge I have now when I first started forty years ago. But that—that that, you know—isn't going to happen. So. I just try to learn from the mistakes i made and pass them on to other runners so they don't make those mistakes. And, uh, you know, I try to help runners the best I can, use all the resources I have here at Runner's World to try to help runners take their running to the next level. My tagline has always been never limit where running can take you physically, emotionally, geographically, uh, however you use this sport, just take it to the next level. And I challenge people on that all the time. And, uh, you know, I always tell people when the gun goes off, we all take the same path to the finish line. There's a course set up, whether it's a 100-mile race or a one-mile race. The course is set up. There's a start line, finish line. We all follow the same path. Difference in running is all the different ways people get to that starting line. If there's 5,000 people in a race, there's 5,000 different paths that people took to become a runner to get to that starting line and then the, the joy of it is we really are a pretty tight-knit community and then we go out and celebrate and finish that race and sometimes uh, you meet people you become friends for life it's very special changing
0: topic just a little bit you have this method called Yasu 800 I Oh have, I, yeah, i have tried to follow several <laughs> times <laughs> I, I don't always succeed but it's yeah, really yeah, difficult
1: Yeah, Yasuo 800 is having a workout named after you. I always tell people don't ever have a workout named after you because all I see on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram is people cursing my name and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind, of, <laughs> it kind of fun to see all this stuff. But it is a workout that, that I used to do many years ago, 10 times 800, 400 meter recovery. If I was trying to run a 240 marathon, I did my 800 meter repeats in two minutes and 40 seconds. So that was the correlation. The 800 meter repeat was the same time and as my marathon. But of course, the 800-meter repeat was in minutes and seconds versus the marathon time in hours and minutes, uh, but you had to do 10 of them, 400-meter recovery, and I would do that workout about six or seven times and uh, lead up to the marathon, uh, You know, not just one. I'd go out there and at least six or seven times, at least once a week, go out there and do 10 times 800 with a 400-meter recovery, and uh, it just gave me that confidence that I was in that kind of shape. to to run that kind of time and then you hope for a good weather day and go out and accomplish that goal. But Ambie Burfoot, a gentleman who won the Boston Marathon and I'm long-time editor-in-chief and editor at Runner's World. Uh, he was the one that named him after me. He said, oh, if we name these Yasso 800s, though, you know, everyone will do them. And I thought he was a little crazy at the time, even though I know Amby's a genius, literally a genius. Man, he was spot on because that was that was 27 years ago, I believe the story was in Runner's World, and people are still doing Yasso 800s today. So it's kind of fun.
0: It's kind of legacy for you, I guess. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It was one of those things that if my last name was Smith or Jones, it would have never happened. But Andy said, you have an unusual last name. You're the only Yasso out there. We're gonna name them. and and God, Amby was smart because he was absolutely right. Uh, and I hear people do Yasso 800s all over the world as I go around, and you know, be in the South Island of New Zealand in a little town, and these guys say, "Oh, hey, I'm heading out to do Yasso 800s." So it's just like <laughs> can't can't be real, <laughs> but it is real. But it is fun. I kid about it, uh, people it's cursing my name which really does go on uh but it's kind of fun that they're out there cursing my name
0: you talk about never limiting your running um Mm -hmm. what does that mean to you
1: yeah so when i say never limit where running could take you what i mean is i think it's so easy to get into running and you just say okay i finished the marathon that's cool you know maybe i'll do one more or you know i broke five hours i'm happy with that you know i really try to get people to take the running to the next level whether that's run faster or run a marathon in all 50 states or a half marathon in all 50 states or do a race in all seven continents, whatever, whatever that is, whatever you really think you want to get out of that sport. That's what I challenge people to do. And that's why I say never limit where running can take you because I never thought, the sport would, that you know, do as much for myself as it has over the years. I never thought it would be possible. So I, I think I was guilty of uh, – I, well, I, I know I was guilty of limiting myself. I didn't think I could run as fast as I ended up running. I didn't think, you know, I could make a living out of running. I didn't think – running would take me all over the world, but it did. So once I got that out of my head early on that, uh, you know, I got to think differently, it really opened up doors for me. And, uh, you know, it's been a blessing, you know, just going out there and taking it all in. And I'll tell you, I love different cultures. I love going to, you know, South Africa. I love going to Nepal. I love being up at the Arctic Circle meeting Inuit people. I, you know, I just, I just thrive on seeing how people live so differently in different areas and what their culture is like. And, uh, you know, it, it's the coolest thing to travel the world. And, uh, you know, just to think running was that, as I said, I called the vehicle that took me around the world.
0: Definitely. You have seen this world of running, how different it is running from that we run here in in the United States versus a different part of the world? Yes. Ah,
1: That's a great question, Suman. You know what is different? Running, you know, it's become part of the landscape in America and a lifestyle for so many people. Uh, But when you go to some of the impoverished countries like India and, uh, you know, places like that, a lot of people don't have the opportunity to run. But I find if they're given that opportunity that they can excel. And that's one of the things I really thrive on and love to do when I'm in these locations is try to get people to have that opportunity to be a runner, whether it's just getting them in a pair of shoes or convincing them that they can run. And that is, it's a really rewarding feeling when you go out there and, uh, you know, see change through running, where you can really, you know, get someone fired up that's in an impoverished lifestyle and uh, they take to running and, Kind of look back and realize they can do a lot more than they thought possible. It's fun to be part of that journey. I feel very fortunate to have uh, have encouraged or crossed paths with a lot of people and encourage them to take up running and try to help them the best I can to get them to go out there and run. And uh, you know, I stay connected with them and uh, hear their stories, and it's pretty rewarding. It's not so much personally rewarding. It's it's just fun to see that they're actually accomplishing something and, they, and you know, it's their words that tell me that, you know, running has changed their life to the better. That's a fun feeling to, uh, to physically witness something like that.
0: Definitely. Even in a country like Nepal, um, when I visited last summer, I saw a lot more people running and outdoor. And also, there are a lot more races now, even in like Nepal and ultra-races, marathons, you know, that I have not heard. Even in a few years ago, there was not not many or very few. So
1: yeah, yeah, races have taken off, and and for a lot of people, that is that is the gateway to running. You know, they start running, and it really seems that they take their running to the next level when they pin on that bib number for the first time, because that shows commitment, and uh, you know, it shows that you really want to do this sport and
0: take it to the next level. Bart, are you ready for run sprint round?
1: I'm ready, Simon.
0: What type of shoes do you wear?
1: I wear all different brands and all different styles. There's a lot of shoes in the Runner's World office and I like to test them out, but uh, I, I wear a lot of different
0: shoes. What type of GPS device do you use?
1: You know, if I, I use the Runner's World Go app that we have on my phone, if I really want to track a run, uh, otherwise, uh, but you know, I do a lot of, I, I don't do a lot of running these days. So I really don't need to track it that much. So
0: I really, uh, a
1: lot of days I do not have a device with me. Sometimes I have my phone just as a safety mechanism, but I really don't even fire up my app to measure the
0: run. What is your fastest mile?
1: Wow. My fastest mile. I don't know that. Uh, I, the fastest mile I remember running in like just a mile race on the track, you know, just like, a, you know, it was a bunch of like 10 guys. We were all challenging each other. I think I ran like 4.32, but I never really did the mile. I did a couple of road miles here and there, but that was years ago. But that that's the fastest I remember running on a track was 4.32 for the mile.
0: What is the fastest marathon for you?
1: Marathon, I count my Boston 1983. I, I came in right at 2.40, which would have been a 2.39 in the old days. The current days with chip timing, but back then we didn't have chip timing. So you, you get a, you know, it took a couple, I don't know how long it took to get across that storyline, but I do remember it's 240 and some change. And I know I ran a little bit faster on some other marathons, but you know, back then they weren't all certified courses. So you don't know if they were long or short. So I like doing Boston because you know, it's a certified, accurate course course.
0: Definitely. And I'm waiting for a Boston to tell me if I'm in for next year or not. So. Oh, I hope,
1: they get, I hope they get a hold of you soon.
0: Yeah, that'll be my second Boston. <laughs> I love Boston. so Yeah, me too. What is your favorite race?
1: Favorite race is the Comrades Marathon in South Africa. They call it a marathon, but it's actually 56 miles or 89 kilometers. But it's a race that it's the oldest ultra in the world, the largest ultra in the world, and a race that really changed the complexity of South Africa during those tough apartheid years. And, uh, you know, a lot of the South African runners, black South African runners that I talked to, they always felt like during... When apartheid was in law, you know, they always felt like apartheid didn't exist while they were running comrades. So, so to think that a running race could suppress something as evil as apartheid, even only for 10 or 11 hours, that's pretty powerful.
0: Is it a lottery kind of race, or how no, do you get you, to enter?
1: No, you just enter comrades. You have to qualify. The qualifying standards are pretty easy. Uh, you get to just enter and be one of the 24 thousand or whatever they take in the entry process to to get in and then i think only about twenty thousand actually show up at the start line but it's an
0: amazing amazing event are you a trail runner road runner or both
1: oh for sure both i've done a lot of trail races and a lot of trail running uh but i really just call myself a runner you know, I know people say, I'm a trail runner, I'm a road ride I mean, we're all just runners. So whether you run on the trail, I would say, you know, I, I've i run over 100,000 miles in my life. And I would say over 50% of those uh, miles have been run on the
0: trail. I agree with you being called myself a runner, right? Because I do both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not, you know, I used to, we used to run barefoot years ago. You know, there was always, uh we used to actually go out and run a few miles barefoot before a track workout. I'm talking back in the. Late 70s, early 80s. But we didn't change our names to Barefoot Bard and Barefoot Joe. We just <laughs> ran barefoot. It was no big deal. Now, if you run barefoot, you have to change your name and go by a different title. And I know a lot of trail runners, they, they're the same way. They say, I'm only a trail runner. And, and that's cool. You know, I, I, I love it. I, I do a lot of trail races and a lot of trail running, but I still call myself a runner.
0: Are you a downhill racer or uphill climber?
1: Oh, if, if I designed courses and was in charge of every race course out there they would all be uphill from the start to finish there would never be any downhill <laughs> even though i i was i was pretty good running downhill i just uh i love running up mountains and running up hills so you know if i was in charge of the chicago marathon there aren't a lot of hills in chicago but i would make it all uphill somehow
0: wow. yeah chicago hills <laughs> is about two feet <laughs> they're they're like a
1: dry, going up a driveway you know,
0: yeah I'm a pacer for Chicago Marathon, and every time I see a little bump, I said, there's a Chicago hill. Everybody <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> that is awesome. What type of training plan do you follow or you used to follow?
1: Yeah, I used to follow, uh, you know, I was pretty serious about following a plan. Really, just, I just followed a plan building up to a sp- specific marathon or half marathon that I was targeting, uh, you know, and then really train 12 to Fourteen weeks for that race other if there was no specific race i was doing i just you know went to the track once a week or a hill workout once a week and made sure i got in that long run every week and you know i really i don't want to be so rigid to be in a plan all the time but it is it is great to follow a plan when you're specifically leading up to a race like chicago or new york or something boston something that you really want to be
0: at your peak People train like hundred mile a week or something like that. I I, I think I've hit once hundred mile or something. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: had I had training logs and I'd look back at them and you know I used to hit hundred miles a week all the time. The end of the year add up all these miles forty nine hundred and thirty two miles for the year or something crazy like that. For me, it was easy to do after I built up that endurance. But uh, you know, it's not something I'm gonna do in the, in my. My sixties, but it was something I was able to do in my twenties and thirties.
0: Gotcha. As a runner, what kind of uh, nutrition plan do you follow?
1: Well, I'm a vegetarian for ethical reasons, for my love for animals, and I've been doing it for a long time. And uh, you know, I just I love my vegetarian lifestyle, and uh, but I'd never looked at it like it would enhance or help my running. But it's it's I do it for ethical reasons, and I've been doing it for
0: many years. Yeah, I turned vegetarian to to qualify for Boston but Ah. (laughs) Oh and I did qualify but I was actually vegan and then my family thought it was too much so I went just a vegetarian. It's been five years. Ah, Oh that's awesome. Is there a race that you have not run so far that you like to go or place that you want to go run? Ah
1: well you know I when I wrote my book My Life on the Run, I did say my only regret that I didn't do the Comrade's Marathon. Now after I I wrote the book my life on the run i was able to go over and run comrades so that was my only race that i never had the chance to run and uh so it, it, now i really feel like i've done everything every race i wanted to do but comrades what happens is they switch directions so one year it's there's more uphill than downhill and the next year is more downhill than uphill they switch the so the course is just reversed and uh so I'd like to go back to Comrades and do what they call an up year. So when I entered Comrades in 2010, it was supposed to be an up year, but they changed it to a down year because of the World Cup soccer. Because we, we were there, Comrades, we finished Comrades, and then five or six days later, it was going to be the first World Cup soccer game in South Africa. So the country was at a feverish pitch. They wanted to finish, I guess their idea was to finish in Durban because that's where some of the soccer matches were going to take place. So they thought there would be a lot more hype. And uh, so they just changed it to a down year. So I would like to go back to Comrades and do an up year. That would be the coolest thing.
0: That sounds like a fun. Before we conclude uh, this interview or this part of the interview, can you give a word of advice to those beginner runner that uh, want to run for life like you have done sure. and change, change their life outcome forever?
1: Yeah, I always, you know, one of the things I preach uh, is to think about your running that you want to do this for life. So you, you, you know, every day when I go out to run, that's what I'm thinking about. You know, I still like to push myself when I feel good and go out and run, but, but, you know, when I take days off, I always think, ah, oh, I didn't run today. That run I put away. I'm going to run. 20 years down the road you know so i I really had that mindset to be a runner for life and i i really profess that i want other people to think that way because uh you just can't go out there and hammer every day and run hard every day and you know keep increasing mileage and distance you really gotta give your body a break and think long term and then there's a good chance you will
0: be a runner for life sounds like a great advice Before we leave this interview, I want you to tell us how we can find you at Chicago Marathon.
1: Oh, Suman, yes. I'll be at the Chicago Marathon. I have so many great memories the Chicago Marathon. Uh, I've been to the race many, many times over the last 30 years. Uh, I'll be at the Expo at the Runner's World booth. I'll be on the expo stage doing some talks uh, at the Runners World booth. I'll be doing some book signings. I'm going to do a shakeout run at the Fleet Feet Chicago South Loop store on Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. And I'll probably do an informal shakeout on Friday. I'll post all this stuff on my Facebook and Twitter accounts and Instagram to make sure people know. But uh I love doing those shakeout runs because uh, I call them shakeout runs because you shake out the – Nerves and the cobwebs, but you know, this is what we do. We are runners, so you should run a few easy miles leading up to the race. And it's really fun when you go out and run with other people and you hear the stories and find out their journey and, uh, you know, what their goal is for the race on Sunday. So, uh, you know, I hope to meet a lot of runners to shake out Run, reminisce with old friends that I've met many times before, uh, and just, uh, take in that Chicago running community. It's an amazing, amazing race the bank of america chicago marathon is you know i remember it when it was a small race and to see what it has become is just the coolest thing and chicago has turned into an amazing running community i remember running along lake michigan and you wouldn't see other runners and now man you have to dodge other runners because there's so many <laughs> people out there running uh, what a change
0: and it's,
1: it's all for
0: the better it's the coolest thing great, I'll see you at Chicago
1: alright, thank you so much and
0: thanks for your time
1: oh yeah, thank you